Today we're joined by special guests, Dr. Witz, designers of Ufool. Welcome to Design Diary, the podcast where you get to look inside my board game design notebook as well as what's going on inside my head. We look at a new word each day from the sense of mechanics, tone, theme, or inspiration for a full game. Today's word is... Uncanny. Seeming to have a supernatural character or origin, eerie, mysterious, being beyond what is normal or expected, suggesting superhuman or supernatural powers. So I was going to say take it away, but we should figure out who's who. So go ahead. Who's who? I'm Dr. Witz. And I'm Dr. Witz. Well, more specifically, I'm Austin, uh, one half of Dr. Witz. And I'm Aaron, the other half of Dr. Witz. So now take it away, Dr. Witz. Where to start, so, Austin? So when I when I hear the word uncanny, being someone, I think of the uncanny valley. So it's a little bit removed from the from the uh, definition of the word, but I mean, uh, I start to move towards this idea of you have a thing, and then it's not that thing; it's actually another thing. And like that's starting to where I, that's where I'm starting to move with this concept. Um, well, and and I'm I'm there too because you and I usually hear people say uncanny. It's a little bit more subtle. It's not. I mean, I know the formal definition here is superhuman power, but <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's more along the lines of like, how did you just do this? Well, I know how to program a little bit in Python, so I could fix your your database issue. Mm, that's a bit okay. uncanny. And so the, the tough part is how to incorporate that. Because if we're doing uncanny, it needs to be something where players have a special ability, but you aren't expecting it. So that special ability has to be secret. It has to be an mm-hmm. asymmetric thing until you use it. Right. And it would have to be different. It would have to change from game to game or else people would just then oh i know exactly where you're going with this so therefore you are you know you are the x and i am the y and we we move on from there but it's more like you have a set of powers that are similar enough but not you get what i'm saying so well actually when I first thought of that and what you're describing there, yeah. it's that your powers are a combination of two things. And those would be mm-hmm. two separate decks of cards. And you would shuffle them and you would pull them together so that you would be generating these random abilities so it isn't too predictable. Because that's important. To be a surprise, you have to combine something else with something else. So you, by, by adding those two different things shuffling them together and putting them together, you create not just a unique thing for that game, but possibly an unusual thing to see after many gameplays of the game. So it really is an uncanny ability. Right, but they're also that then we have to start bringing player agency into this because um, you then have to have... They have to have the ability to hide some of these powers so it's not like you have this deck of cards and then you're constantly playing all those cards there needs to be an understanding of there's a kind of like your basic and your common type actions but then there are the then the special actions that will really start to set you apart and those things have to be activated by the player on their own accord to have that ability to surprise 
Well, and which makes it a tough design challenge because now you have to not you're creating these very special abilities, and you need a setting where when they pop up, they're going to be useful, and that can be hard. You know, with with so many especially choices, if we're going down the line of randomness. Um, hmm. Well, I think the randomness more is in a in more of a role playing sense. You're developing the character, but it's it's supposed to be a surprise, and so in many ways, this uncanny leads to a more role playing feel to the game. We we have lots of games out there where you develop characters of character boards. It's just our character board is being made in a asymmetric way so that you can reveal it. And and it's important too that the way it's revealed isn't right, right at the start of the game because it doesn't feel uncanny. It's just like, oh, that's your character. To really be uncanny, it has to be something that comes out in the middle of the game. Well, I think we we're obviously running we're running into two problems here. First of all, is we don't quite have a a goal for this yet. So you know we we have no there there's as of yet we don't have a thrust of this idea. Um, we don't have um, you know we don't have a controlling idea for this yet. We don't have well, I, we don't I say that you know doing doing these things is in service of something. Or at least these doing these things should should be in service of something. Well, I, so, I think I think the controlling idea right now is more about the experience. The experience we want people to have here is that. Is it shifting? It's shifting. Like it's it's we're going through this, and suddenly I can shift the momentum because surprise, I have this uncanny ability to handle this situation, and I know that's tough because a lot of times when you design games, you want people to have the ability to plan ahead, and and this almost goes against the grain of that. In some ways, we want this to be very serendipitous that this magically appears, and we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. Though I'm trying to think now, are we talking, let's see here. So, I mean, I'm guessing this is, I'm thinking here that this is not, I don't see this necessarily as a co-op game, though I can see the benefits in that, where it's like, oh yes, I have teammates and I have allies, and now, you know, instead of like, oh, you're the medic, so therefore we know what you do, it's more like as the game goes on, we're all discovering the things that our friends can help us with through the game, but this concept might be more effective as a as a uh, as a versus versus type scenario, where you know you have to try to um, out you know you're you're trying to figure out what it is they can do so that hopefully you can also then get around it. Well, and, and that solves some of the problems we were having. You know, in a co-op, you're tendency is to review everything as much as you can. Right. In this competitive situation, we now have ways to set up the interests of the players to hide the information as long as they can until it's the most optimal to review. Right. But you still want them to be... But you still want the players to be in a similar scenario. Uh, don't, I don't really want to go in a race theme you know we have problems with that <laughs> um <laughs> it's 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 hard to do a race game by the way it's so, hard to so, make a compelling race game so w- um, what's what are the problems you've seen with race games i know you guys have a racing game but what are, what are the problems you've seen well well i mean you don't actually think of our racing game as a racing game yeah it's not a racing game well it's a racing <laughs> so theme that, that's right? one so. yes. it's a racing theme but like when you when you actually have 
a race game, you know, it's it's hard to say, oh, well, you know, once once player A gets ahead, what do you what are the mechanics that are going to keep them from staying ahead and ultimately winning? How do you have people catch up from behind? How do you keep players engaged at every point along the way? You know, if it's too if it's too complex and dependent on other players, a, a specific player has nothing to think about when it's not their turn because too much stuff can happen along the way. If it's too simple, then, well, everyone will get bored of it soon enough. Um, Yeah, my big complaint about a race game is your path is A to B, and I like multiple paths to, you know, there are probably multiple ways to win a game, but it's just, it's so, you know, the path is set for you that to me that's less interesting. Well, and, and that's why when, when you mention our race game, which is Bookies and Betters, Bookies and Betters is really an information game. There's a race taking place, but we really don't care about who wins the race. You care about figuring out first the knowledge of who wins the race. And so it, that gives that dynamic you're looking for instead of just being about who gets to A to B. It's about who can figure things out first as a knowledge game. Mm-hmm. And you know, this this uncanny ability thing lends more to something about knowledge we, we want there to be this challenge of information and mm-hmm. a way and and a way for players to take advantage of the information they have but if they can figure out what their opponent may also have then they can then a then a, a player can can maybe preempt what their opponent can do but if they guess wrong then <laughs> this this sounds like a spy game to me this this sounds <laughs> like you well you know some sort of some, political some espionage some game sort of yeah. contract negotiation so i don't know uh, if people uh, want to have uh, a uh, a union contract negotiation game as their game uh I did. Yeah, I role played role played one of those in middle school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we found we played it one interesting. Real life. We played one real life once too. Uh, yes, we did. But <laughs> so here's a question. I know you. This, this is the first time. This is interesting for me because it's the first time I've ever had two other people on at once. So conversation is happening, and I am listening as opposed to being a part of that, which is the first time that's ever happened. <laughs> But you guys are a design team, and you're not in the same location. So where are you guys at? Well, I'm uh, I'm in Washington, D.C. And I'm in Bethany, West Virginia. Which, how close are those? I know I know nothing about the area. What is that? Be- Bethany's about one hour southwest of Pittsburgh. How far so, is it from Washington, D.C.? So that'd be about four hours. <laughs> yeah, it's about, a, it's about a four hour drive. So when you guys design together how how do you do you do it just basically on like skype or things like that or do you actually get together once in a while so on we we talk once a week and we use uh google documents as our place where we keep all our notes and Mm -hmm. keep up all of our information because we track lots of information when we do things and then uh periodically we have events where we both can attend Usually at some pub, on pub eight's gonna be taking place as this is coming out, and usually we're both there at the same time. This year it's gonna be awesome. We'll be there Thursday, and I'll be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yes, I will. I will be in Texas the rest of the week for work. Oh, fun, fun, fun. Non-pub. Non-pub. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But yeah, we, we rely on our, our, our talking and our notes. I mean, we take a lot of notes and we, mm-hmm. we write rule books early as a way to see if we're thinking the same way or not. Do you mm-hmm. write them? Uh, do you, um, have you designed separately from each other? Or exclusively together? Awesome or, or am I going to get something, I, I have, some, some gossip I've de- here? <laughs> I've, I've designed some, th- I mean, I've designed some things, uh, or at least I will work on a parallel or solo track for myself. It's usually not as good as when you're working with another person, but you know, when, as, as far as, uh, as far as Dr. Witz, you know, there's that, not only is it a collaboration, but I'm actually really proud to say that it is also a, it is a brand. I mean, mm-hmm. we have, there is a, there is a Dr. Witz style of game and I really want to, you know, and it's really important that that remains true. I mean, yeah, that's really neat. How many games have you guys designed together? Uh, Uh, let's see we we have a list here yeah do you count finished or unfinished uh, i think you're saying do i count you full um well that is certainly one of them but i'm just curious if if you want uh yeah uh, finished how many are are you know entirely playable right now so we we have a status called shelf ready and, and that's a game where it's at the point where we've gone as far as we can and for it to get any better we need most likely a publisher feedback. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And and we have two of those. And then in terms of what I consider late design finish mm-hmm. uh, in the game and computer, I'd say we have about what cattle car, bookies yeah. and betters, yeah. overtime, yeah. New Jersey Syndicate. About yeah, roughly former games. Nice. For and then, of course, there, oh, and then don't of course forget, there's, don't there's, there's the published game that we got published. Uh, you published fool. games. Don't forget Funky That's, Town. Oh, and we can't forget Funky Town as well. You, you can fool. never and forget Funky, Funky Town. Town. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then, of course, there is a list as long as your arm about, of um, concepts that are just kind of sitting there. <laughs> but. Nice. That, that as soon as one of these other games kind of get to a finished state, will be pulled up, will be drafted into the, okay, now we're actively working on this. 45. I just counted. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, right. And then there's even a folder. Did you, did you count the folder that also has all the dead game ideas? Oh, I, did, I, did, I didn't count the dead game folder. You're, you're right. I forgot yeah, that no, one. There's, there's a folder of the dead game <laughs> ideas, which we won't even get into. So... <laughs> We'll have to wrap up, but I wanted to share just a quick concept about dead game ideas that I've shared on the Design Diary uh, Board Game Geek thing. And if if nobody's read that, then this is news to them. But I have Mm. this this concept where I want to make a website where people post their dead game ideas and other people can take them and run with them. And it's sort of just an act of liberation to where some people just hold on to things forever. And mm-hmm. once you're free of it, uh, you know, because some people like to develop and pick up. They don't. They don't have the initial spark, and they'll take your initial spark, run with it, give you credit if any, if something ever happens. But I feel like it could be freeing to some people. It can just be throwing junk away to other people. I don't know. It's something I I've been working on in my head, and it hasn't gone anywhere yet. It, it, that's not a terrible idea. Now, if you can just get people who already have games to actually come out and play test their games more <laughs> as opposed to just holding on to it saying i can't let anyone else see this until it's published yeah that's, that's definitely that, that would be good it. too it's just, 
And and most of those people end up self-publishing it, and then still nobody's played it. <laughs> so there's a whole a whole big mess of issues going on. So tell everyone where they can get in touch with you guys. So you can find us on Twitter at drwictz. We also have a website, doctor.wits.com. And, and those are the, the two best ways to either reach us or see what we're doing, whether you want to know what games we're working on or listen to some of our own podcasts or, or blog write-ups. We have a number of things that we do. We particularly have what we like to call lecture series where we focus on a particular idea, topic across multiple posts for a discussion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you, and we'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.